the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Markets are trading up, except for Russell, which tells me this is going to be one of those breath days and it's a bad breath. But maybe we're just focusing in on just a few stocks. Because there's value in the Russell 2000. There's value in the mid caps. There is high valuations in the mega cap tech. More on that in a minute. Let's talk about what we're seeing out on Wall Street yesterday, today. Today is a Fed day. Dun, dun, dun. What will they do? What will they do when they come for you? Um, I always kind of want to, you know, guess. I think we've priced in nothing. I think we'd be surprised if they did anything, either up or down. If they raise interest rates, I think would be working lower. I think if they kept interest rates where they are, I think it's not a catalyst. And if they lower rates, then that would be a catalyst higher. But again, I think they do nothing. It's an odd one to throw down. Sorry. The Federal Reserve is poised to hold interest rates steady for a second meeting today while leaving open the possibility of another hike as soon as December. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen talked about the big bond market. The department is due to announce its latest borrowing plans, and Wall Street bond dealers expect another round of increases of note to bond auctions. We borrow a lot of money in this country. Stocks slipped yesterday. Oil climbed after slump of the first two days of the week. NASDAQ was up one half percent yesterday. The SP 500 up six tenths of a percent. That was up one third of a percent. Stocks ticked higher at the end of October, but it's a three month losing streak. Are we poised for a rally at the end of the year? Many analysts believe we are. Jet Blue, good guy. I don't own any airlines. I just, I, they're to me cyclical trading. They're trading vehicles more so than things you want to own. But Chet Blue's a $3.76 stock. Ouch. 12 year low. Staggering flight delays in the quarter. Department of Justice urged federal judge to block the company's proposed $3.8 billion acquisition of Spirit Airlines. Homeschooling is booming. A historically high number of U.S. parents see their kids as too cool for school. Companies like Prenda, which describes itself as an Airbnb for education, help parents set up micro schools where 5 to 25 students learn under a supervisor. Lunch has got to be better at home, right? Total number of American kids learning their ABCs at home falls somewhere between 1.9 and 2.7 million. It doesn't seem to be associated with the low quality of traditional education. Parents cite many reasons. Schools failing to meet their kids' unique needs. Bullying. 
increased concerns about curriculum. Economic factors. Um, Israel Gaza is getting messier and messier, and it's looking like it's going to go longer and longer. Israel took direct responsibility for airstrikes on Gaza's largest refugee camp that killed and wounded dozens of people. That's not going to be popular internationally when you go after a refugee camp, even if you're going after a Hamas commander who was hiding there. Realtors took a big loss yesterday. I'm going to see. I'm going to be interested to see if this has ripple effects because it should. Realtors are on the hook for 1.8 billion damages for commission practices. The National Association of Realtors lost when a federal jury, jury in Missouri found that 1.5 million agents in the U.S. are liable for the massive sum uh, that they concluded the trade group conspired to artificially inflate. The Justice Department is reportedly scrutinizing the industry's entire brokerage commission structure, which typically requires home sellers to pay 5 to 6% of brokerage fees. Shares of Zillow were down 7% yesterday. Brokerage fees, to buy and sell a home in the United States, it's double what it is in the UK and Australia. Um, sometimes as much as triple for the commissions and fees. Saudi Arabia's plan to conquer sports. So far, it seems to be working. They've got their annual Formula One Grand Prix. They've got a high-profile boxing match in Riyadh. They got the LIV Golf Tour at the Saudi Pro League. They've attracted some top athletes, Brooks Kopka, Cristiano Ronaldo, and more. Interesting, right? You would have thought, they're just going to throw a lot of money at it. But a lot of television is now starting to follow. Meta spends $2.3 million per year flying Mark Zuckerberg around, while Netflix spends $1 million on private jets for their CEO, Reed Hastings. Meta takes the top spot in private security spending, shelling out $25 million to protect Zuckerberg. A sum that surely will drop once word of his crazy, mad jujitsu skills spreads. Amazon spends $1.6 million on Jeff Bezos' security. Apple spends about $591,000 on Tim Cook. How about them for com- uh, company perks, huh? <laughs> what else do we have? <laughs> Jack Lou, the former Treasury Secretary under President Obama, was confirmed by the Senate to be the U.S. ambassador to uh, Israel. Tesla won a lawsuit that accused its self-driving software of causing a fatal crash. Tesla's lost $145 billion of its market cap value since it reported earnings two weeks ago. And there's waning EV demand. WeWork, I don't, how is this company still around? They're reportedly seeking Chapter 11 bankruptcy protections as early as next week after being battled office space company missed interest payments it owed to bondholders. A lot of news out there, huh? Today's the day, the wonderful day that we get Thomas O'Hare on the show. Don't want to steal too much of his thunder, but uh, Fed Reserve today and Apple tomorrow. Apple's contributes a lot of the profits to the S&P 500 and profit estimates for the S&P 
493, i.e. not the big seven, the magnificent seven, they're coming down. AMD, CVS, DuPont, Estee Lauder, Paycom, Yum Brands, Norwegian Cruise Lines, all elicited mixed and company-specific reactions to their earnings. I do love earnings season. The ADP report showed 113,000 jobs were added to private sector payrolls in October. Um, Jobs report on Friday. That's going to be a big one. It may be the, if we continue to run in a hot jobs market, that may be the straw that breaks the camel's back with the Federal Reserve and forces them to raise one more time. It may be. Um, But they're not getting the results they want. We still have another six to nine more months of a slowing economy based on the higher interest rates. Let's take a look at the overall markets. Relative strength in the mega cap stocks today, a drop in market rates supporting the stock market. A little bit of hesitation in the front of the Federal Reserve later today. So I guess you would say it's a nice day. I don't want to get too excited, though, right? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I really wanted to read a little bit more about the White House and their sweeping set of rules that span eight areas of focus on artificial intelligence. I've done a little bit better reading through it, but I haven't done a lot of thinking about it, so my thoughts are pretty amateurish. The order includes a regimen of new privacy research and rules that aims to better govern how developers use information they collect on users. There's a general consumer protection section focusing mostly on developing standards for AI's use in healthcare and education. The order calls for a report on AI's impact on the workplace and lists directives for working with allies to implement AI standards internationally. Developers must share safety test results with the government. See, it does, it's not sinking in, right? Section of the order homes, hones in on um, privacy research and rules that aim to, you know, to um, tie towards landlords and federal contractors and welfare programs. There's a lot going on in this one. Sorry, but it's going to take me a couple, probably weeks to really grasp um, what it means to you and me, if anything. Elon Musk offered satellite internet access to some aid organizations in Gaza, but it's still unclear whether the SpaceX CEO can actually provide the help he's offering. Musk, whose company operates the Starlink satellites, wrote that the company aimed to enable internet connections in Gaza and Israel's amidst Israel's invasion and a near total telecom blackout in the region. Starlink will support connectivity to internationally recognized aid organizations in Gaza, he wrote. When he does things like that, you're like, wow, he's got everything together. But he doesn't keep it there. Um, guest on CNBC today said, I don't want to say shocking because that's the wrong word. But, uh, he talked about 
the next 10 years of investing is going to be very difficult for stock pickers. And I don't think he's terribly wrong. If you get a chance to grab a little time today, he's typically worth the watch. Stanley Drunkenmiller. Um, again, I'm not saying I'm biased, but there's some people that you do say, oh, he's on CNBC. I'm going to you know, find that interview. So I found it on YouTube this morning. Drunken Miller says stock investing is going to be really tough the next 10 years. Um, I never find him to be off base. I never find him to be like, oh, he's just saying that. So get a chance. Google Stanley Drunken Miller and CNBC. Find it at YouTube. I think you'll uh, enjoy. This is big news. Not saying it's going to move the stock, but the new Apple Watch will be able to detect blood pressure, sleep apnea. Apple is introducing a new health features to Apple Watch next year. The watch will support a new system for detecting sleep apnea and blood pressure sensors. Apple's working on a health coaching service and new health features for its AirPods and upcoming mixed reality headset. The blood pressure and the sleep apnea is huge. Uh, the app will reportedly recommend workouts, presumably through its paid fitness app. Apple service businesses is second largest behind the iPhone. It generated $19.6 billion in revenue. Would I pay for... Well, first and foremost, will I get the blood pressure? Yeah, I will get the debauch. I'm at that age for not to have a heart attack if I don't have to and get my blood pressure done every day. That would be awesome. Apple is working on it, introducing specific diastolic and systolic metrics in its future watches. There's been speculation for years that Apple will eventually add blood pressure sensing to the Apple Watch. Wearables from competitors like Samsung already offer the option in some markets. Healthcare companies like Omron also offer watches that can monitor blood pressure. Sleep apnea, as Americans are overweight, but oh, maybe Olympic will fix that for everyone. Isn't that funny how that's going on right now? There's debates on, will fast food companies go bankrupt? Not bankrupt, but that's what the way they make in their sound on CNBC, right? CNBC is not really a serious... I want to say news, but investment news that is appropriate for you. I think it's entertaining. I don't think it's informative more often than not. But I did start the segment by saying that uh, I really, really liked uh, Stanley Drunken Miller's interview with CNBC this morning. I just, he's just one of those people that when he talks, I, I listen. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Toyota raised its outlook on strong hybrid demand, juicing their profits. I've bought multiple Toyotas in large part because they're one of the most popular vehicles in the world. And how many times have we heard people say they own a Toyota truck and it's lasted 250,000 miles? More often than any other vehicle I've heard. Toyota's profit more than doubled, driven in part by strong demand for hybrids. 
the company is primed to benefit from slowdown EV demand in the United States. People still want high gas mileage, but <clears throat> they're scaling back on EV dreams. Toyota for years resisted making big investments in purely electric vehicles, saying repeatedly that it felt its well-regarded hybrids were a better bet for customers. Toyota's revenue of 11.4 trillion yen, which is $75 billion to you and me, was 24% higher than a year ago. Strong quarter. Strong quarter. They also announced a big buyback, if that's your thing. And for me, I like buybacks and dividends. Probably the two most attractive parts of the investment body. Some men like blondes, some like brunettes, right? <clears throat> I like dividends and buybacks. Work with that for a couple minutes. Walmart is at work on a new degree, free message about getting hired at its corporate headquarters. Walmart with 1.6 million employees is perpetually hiring people at its more than 5,200 retail stores. The retail giant is rewriting job descriptions for potentially hundreds of positions at its headquarters to stress that a college degree is not necessarily a requirement. Walmart has increased its debt-free degree options, but it now is working to identify an in-demand corporate jobs where skills can be acquired by other means. Good. We need more white-collar jobs that are not four-year degree based. Walmart's a big hiring company. When you stop and think about it, there's a lot of people that work there. Coming up, Patrick O'Hare. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Um, I've got a lot of YouTube shorts. I don't know if you know that. If you go to YouTube, punch up Rob Black Show, you'll you'll see some of my shorter material. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. For me, doing a financial media show, I have questions if we're going to get a year-end rally, especially after three months of seeing the big gains in the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 consolidate. So the first seven months of the year, we had amazing results, but they, they kind of created high valuations. The last three months, we've seen some of these valuations get compressed, which is a normal and healthy thing. Let's talk about this and much, much more with Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, a reliable source for domestic and international news that you can use. I start my day every day with his page one, except for on this day, because I want to be kind of surprised by what he has to say. Patrick, um, what do you have to say? (laughs) Welcome to November. (laughs) Thanks, Rob. So good morning to you and your listeners. Uh, so what do I have to say? Uh, I think we're maybe getting a little bit of a taste this morning of uh, of what is needed if we're going to see any type of positivity into year end. Um, okay. Now, I, I purposely chose the word positivity as opposed to rally um, because, um, you know, there's a lot out there that's, uh, you know, kind of looming as a dark shadow um, that can kind of, you know, can kind of disrupt you know, that favorable seasonal period that we often see this time of year. Um, but if we can get long-term rates to come down uh, and even, you know, and then stabilize, then I think the market would be predisposed to try to finish the year on a good note. Um, you know, obviously the caveat being that there's not some uh, great, 
break out into a regional conflict in the Israel-Hamas war, um, or obviously some unforeseen other some other unforeseen event, but. Otherwise, you have a market that has traded down sharply over the last three months, uh, came back into correction zone, which, you know, people, obviously, it's not easy. It's not fun watching markets correct, um, but it's normal, you know, and uh, and we have a market now that's, you know, I think on the equal weighted market anyway, trading at a more reasonable valuation uh, that sets things up for better longer term returns. But but really, the, the you know, the, the the thing that needs to happen, though, is, is rates need to settle down uh, and ideally come down further to get the market in uh, in a mode of where it's going to finish the year on a good note. I think that's well said. It makes sense. But like you said, there could be a curveball that we're not expecting. Israel, Hamas, Russia, Ukraine, or who knows? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um <clears throat> We're pretty deep into earnings season, but a big one comes up on Thursday this week with Apple. And I say big, not because I own it, but because it has it's created earnings for the S P five hundred. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing about those S P five hundred earnings. And um I, I feel like we're seeing a little bit of slippage as far as next year's outlook, next quarter's outlook. Companies are mm. getting a little bit more tight. Is that fair or how do you see it? Yeah, you know, as it relates specifically to the third quarter reporting period, you know, it's it's going along pretty much as expected, which is to say it's better than expected. You know, when we started the period, we were looking for a year-over-year decline in S&P 500 earnings of about 0.7%. We're now up to positive uh, 3% on a blended basis, which accounts for companies that have reported, as well as the estimates for the companies that have yet to report. Um, and the good news there is that that would be that would break a string of three consecutive quarters where you've seen a year over year decline in S and P 500 earnings. So, so that's you know a nice thing to see. Um, but I think to your point, uh, which is a good one, is that the reaction to this particular earnings reporting period has not been all that stellar because you are starting to hear a little bit more uh, in terms of the guidance, a little bit more caution out there, and uh, and there's not a lot of room for. Uh, for or patience for that type of mindset at, at this point. And so, uh, you know, the market is, is governed right now with a fear too that, uh, we're now going to see a, you know, a stronger impact from the lag effect of the prior rate hikes, you know, paired with the, you know, subsistence of these higher market rates, you know, lead to more concerted uh, a more concerted slowdown in economic activity, which, you know, would not bode well for, for earnings. And so when you hear some cautious-minded guidance, uh, you kind of get a little bit of a itchy trigger finger on the part of sellers uh, to kind of expect, you know, more bad things to happen on the earnings front than good things in the coming quarters. And so uh, they're not willing to wait around for that to happen. And and uh, and that's why, you know, the, the reaction here has not has not been like what we've seen uh, in, in past quarters, which ironically, we were <laughs> in those past quarters, we're seeing the S&P 500 report a year-over-year decline in, S- in, in earnings as opposed to an increase. So clearly at an inflection point here that's creating some nervousness. Jobs report come, well, should we even talk about the Fed or just maybe let's jump to the jobs report and maybe go back to the Fed because they might tie into each other? Big mm-hmm. report on Friday. Thoughts? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think let's go ahead and we'll start with the Fed, to, you know, because they are today. Um, you know, it's, it's 
a foregone conclusion in the market's mind that there's not going to be any move on the on the Fed funds rate. Uh, that makes sense to us too. Had a number of Fed officials that have come out and acknowledged how financial conditions have tightened with this jump in long term rates, and that it would effectively you know behoove Fed officials to kind of sit back and watch the incoming data to see, you know, what it's telling us about, uh, you know, the broader economy. Um, so we do think, though, that, you know, Fed Chair Powell um, at his press conference is going to continue to emphasize that, you know, the economy has been running a lot stronger than expected. I mean, he has to when we just heard, you know, real GDP uh, increase 4.9% in the third quarter. Um, now, that's obviously lagging data, but he's going to pay some lip service to it, I would imagine. Uh, and also, you know, he'd be calling attention to the fact that inflation, while improved, is still, you know, not at a level that gives the Fed comfort in terms of its ability to come down and stay down at the target zone of 2%. So, you know, the takeaway will be a you know, higher for longer message, and and he'll likely caveat that with the, you know, with the thought that you know the Fed will raise rates again if it needs to uh, to get inflation under control because that is while they have a dual mandate, price stability is the number one focus for the Fed right now, and uh, Powell and the Fed wants to see some below trend growth to try to get uh, to try to tame inflation, and so the, the the channel by which they can do that or trying to do that is through higher interest rates. Um, so, uh, you know, now as it re- relates to the employment report, you know, we're likely to see another, you know, all things considered solid increase in non-farm payrolls for October. Uh, and, you know, and this has been the real linchpin for this economy is a strong labor market. You know, people are employed and continue to see income gains and particularly real income gains. They're going to keep spending. And as long as the consumers uh, gainfully employed and spending, the economy is not going to, you know, roll over in any meaningful way, or it shouldn't anyway. We wouldn't expect it to. Uh, and so uh, so that could kind of keep, you know, the market again a little bit on edge about uh, rates staying higher for longer, but probably will solidify for market participants. The Fed's not going to be cutting interest rates anytime soon based on what it's seeing today. Interesting, because uh, you're also starting to see real estate forecasts kind of extrapolating the no cuts anytime soon. Um, is there anything that you're working on that you want to take the next two to three minutes to shine a light on for us? Well, yeah, one of the things that you've been turning over here is, is you know, we are entering the best uh, month on record for the S&P 500 going back to 1950, according to Dr. Almanac. We're also entering what is the most favorable six-month period of returns for the market from November to April is where – uh, basically, almost all of the S&P 500 gains have been recorded. Um, so we're trying to, you know, eliminate a lot of the uh, concerns here, you know, as far as, you know, uh, market rates, you know, stop going up, uh, earnings growth returning. Um, you know, we got the refunding news out of the way today. It was a little bit better than feared. Um you know, uh, you know, we're, there's some positives that are coming, you know, through here, but you know, the price action in the stock market just isn't measuring up to to the positive news, uh, and that's something that we're paying close attention to right now. And you know, I might be riding to that point here in terms of what it, you know, might mean for the market because as we let off the segment here, if we're talking about the, you know, the potential for a, you know a year end uh, move up. Uh, we need to see better price action in the face of good news. 
Because if we don't get that, then we have a market telling us that it's actually really expecting uh, some some bad news to to you know to hit you know on the near horizon here uh, that would upset the whole you know earnings outlook because there's just the price action to this point anyway over the last three months and certainly over the last month has not been all that confident in the market re- reaching its earnings potential. I, I would say that's what I would argue. So we want to see better price action here uh, unfold relatively soon in the face of positive you know, developments like the drop in long-term rates we're seeing today uh, and ideally uh, better earnings news and, well, earnings guidance, that is. There's some people I really, really like, and anytime they're on TV, I pay attention. Stanley Drunkenmiller said today on CNBC, he sees stocks having a tough time in the next 10 years due to more normalized interest rates. Uh, we have about 30 seconds. Any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I really like listening to him as well. I mean, he's okay. uh, clearly an expert, uh, super successful at what he what he does. Uh, and I think that's a, a little bit of what we've addressed too here. You have interest rates are you know hitting more normal levels. So returns for the stock market are probably going to have to be dialed back uh, as a result of that. Uh, doesn't mean they have to be negative. It just means we're probably not going to see those double-digit recurring uh, gains that have been, um, you know, what we've been seeing over the better part of the last 15 years, it seems like, when interest rates were at zero. I want to get the plug-in for Briefing.com. Thank you very much, Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news, news that you can use. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Just got Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com to say he likes him too. That made me feel good. Uh, We're part of a club, you know? It's always good to be part of a club, uh, part of a team, part of a. We see similar things in the world. I don't ask all the questions. Like, I tend to save pens until all the ink runs out and I test them like 10 more times and I finally throw them away. I didn't ask that question. So I don't know if he wants to be part of that club, but we're part of the Stanley Drunken Miller fan club. So Drunken Miller said today on CNBC, and you rarely hear me um, talk about CNBC, but I have news alerts on Google that if some of my favorite things appear in media, it, it alerts me. Stanley Drunken Miller, obviously he's going to make headlines for this says the government needs to stop spending like drunken sailors. Ouch. Truth hurts. That goes for Republicans and that goes for Democrats. Let's let's dig into it a little bit. He's a billionaire. He said the federal government has been spending recklessly and failed to issue debt at low rates in past years. Mistakes that will ultimately lead to some tough decisions in the future, like cutting Social Security. They really messed up. I'm going to use a dirty word. Um, I agree. I mean, we could all see that. I mean, that's not hard to see, right? Apple took out billions and billions of dollars of debt when debt was at 1%. Now that it's at 8%, let's hope Apple doesn't take out billions and billions of dollars of debt. Stanley Lee Drunkenmiller said the federal government has been spending recklessly and failed to issue debt at low rates. We're spending like drunken sailors. He went on to say, don't forget pre-COVID, the federal government was 20% of GDP in spending. Now it's 25% of GDP. 
Jonathan Miller said something that just kind of made me laugh because my dad never said anything cute, but his dad did. He said, my dad, my father told me, if you're in a hole, stop digging. It's a pretty funny line. The legendary investor, he runs the Duquesne family office, said he was disappointed to find out the White House is seeking another $56 billion in emergency spending for disaster relief and child care programs. In addition to $106 billion the administration wants for Israel and Ukraine. Those are big dollars. Now, I'm not politically very savvy or smart. Okay. But $106 billion for Israel and Ukraine. There is a price tag there, right? Federal government wound up its fiscal year in September with a deficit just shy of $1.7 trillion. That's up about $320 billion or 23% from fiscal 2022. Wait, wait. Up 23% in a year? The budget shortfall adds the staggering U.S. debt, which now stands at $34 trillion. Drunken Miller said government entitlement programs, which make up almost half the federal budget, might be forced to be pared down in the future. He proposed a cut in Social Security benefits. Which politician wants to vote for that? Because that politician knows he's going to get voted out of office. Drunken Miller said, I want to go after entitlements. It's where the money is. This generation has got to take a cut right now, current seniors. You're going to get 100 cents on the dollar. Future seniors are looking at five or 10 cents on the dollar. It is not unreasonable for us to go to 85 or 90 cents on the dollar. Now, he's a billionaire and he's talking about your mother and father's Social Security or maybe yours. How do you feel about that? Billionaire having an opinion on free government money called Social Security. It's not free government money because you actually contributed during your working years, just nowhere near the dollar amounts you're going to take out. Despite his calls to reduce overall spending, he stressed that it's necessary for the U.S. to support Ukraine and disagrees with Republicans urging to stop helping Kiev in the conflict. I was actually happy to see when the announcement that support for Ukraine and Israel was $106 billion. He said, do you know how much we're going to have to spend if Putin wins in Ukraine? It's madness. The widely followed investor believes the market will be very challenged in the current environment and only disciplined stock pickers will be rewarded. He once was tied towards George Soros's quantum fund and he shot to fame after helping make a $10 billion bet against the British pound in 1992. He later oversaw $12 billion as president of Kane Capital Management before closing his firm in 2010. He is not perfect, but man, I love everything that comes out of his mouth. If you like Joe Montana, you're like, you're sitting in a restaurant, Joe Montana comes in, you're like, you're looking at everything he's eating. I would do that with Stan Drunkenmiller. Not saying I'm a fanboy, but I'm kind of a fanboy. We work stock plunges amid bankruptcy fears. Good. Shouldn't have known a company that's going into bankruptcy. Gold is trying for a new high. Coinbase reports today after the market. They're expected to report another loss. 
AMD has a weak outlook for its gaming chips. So here's the kicker. Let's put you back in a high school romantic comedy. And you're Lloyd Dobler. And you have a chance of dating the cheerleader or dating the cheerleader's sister. Go for the sister. Um, in investing, you have a chance of dating the cheerleader, which is NVIDIA, or the cheerleader's sister, which is AMD. Go for the cheerleader. I'm not saying I'm always right, because I'm not. Um, and I have some odd ways of thinking about things. Like, I, I don't mind if my income stocks go down, as long as they pay their dividend and have the ability to pay their dividend. Not crazy about it. I want my growth stocks to be growthy. And AMD versus NVIDIA rocks, paper, scissors. I like NVIDIA over AMD. And over Intel. And you can say, well, Intel's got great value. Don't care. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. I'm going to post a YouTube video in about 20 minutes at Rob Black Show on YouTube. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.